Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. We're talking about from shortage to abundance, and I know that every one of us, from time to time, you don't have to lift your hand because it would be every one of us, we've gone through times of shortage. We couldn't do what we wanted to. Maybe we couldn't have a home that we wanted. Maybe we couldn't have a vehicle that we wanted. We couldn't have the education that we wanted. You know, maybe you want to send your children to private school. Maybe you want to send them to college. What, you know, whatever the case may be, but you find a shortage there. Okay, the things that we're going to talk about tonight will address that and get us understanding fresh and new, maybe things that you've heard or maybe not. I don't know. But we believe in revelation knowledge, and revelation knowledge will change you. And revelation knowledge is when God speaks to you through what's being said. It may not even be something I say or what or the preacher says, but the Holy Spirit brings revelation knowledge to you. Amen? So you might find yourself in a shortage, but I want to tell you that you can go from that place and you can go into abundant living and abundant life that God says that you can have. Now, this was probably in 1976. Eddie and I got hold of Oral Roberts' book on seed faith giving. We were Baptist. And we tithe because that's what Baptists do. We were raised to tithe in in my family and Eddie's family. So we didn't half serve God, but Betty, we got our tithe in. And I, you know, God got a hook in us because of that. But anyway, we read that book on seed faith giving and it was like, Two kids in a candy shop. You know what I'm saying? It's like your eyes get real big, your heart gets real open, and it's like, wow, this is what the Bible says. This is not just wishful thinking or I want it to be that way, but God really does include every area of our life in this book to change us, to mold us, and to make us. And so you say, well, why? Am I not experiencing it? It takes faith in God's Word. You must hear it, and faith will come, and then you hear it, and faith will come, and then you hear it, and faith will come, and you grow a little bit here, a little bit there, and you'll be like, We were, you know, maybe that's the place you're at tonight. You're like, "We, we didn't know these things. And so when we started seeing it, when we understood it, it radically changed our life because we said, that's what God says. That's not where we are. That's not where we're living. That's not where we are experiencing. But bless God, we believe it. So we're going to put faith in that word and it will change our life and our direction. Now, do you think it did? Well, we're here tonight in this place because God spoke to Ed King and me and he told us what to do in starting this church and teach you how to prosper. 
Well, if you hear that, and this is your church, don't cut your ears off. Well, I don't want to hear that. Just want money. That's all. I'm not receiving an offering, and nobody's asking you for anything. We're trying to get something to you. Yeah, it's good to hear some amens here tonight. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay. So God wants us to be able to enjoy His blessings and increase. And I'm going to tell you, if you were brought up in many traditional religious circles, that is like saying a curse word. Because you could have been taught poverty, doing without, that's pleasing to God. There are times that you have to sacrifice. We have a dis- we've had to sacrifice a lot. I'm talking about Eddie and myself. We've had to sacrifice a lot. So I'm not teaching you that you just get blessed and increase and, you know, not a worry, not a care in the world. No, it isn't that way. You have to sacrifice. When we started this church, we had to sacrifice. You know what we did? God called us to move to California, so that meant that we had to sell the home that we had built, and we had built a couple, and our goal, we've told you, is to get a house paid for. That was our goal. That was what we had in mind. We were building, and and it was going well, and we were well on our way to that, but God came in the room, and when He did, it called for sacrifice. Now, you, you may not know this. You may be like me, and you may not know this. But when we sold that last home and we were going to head to California, I remember standing in the living room of that home. It was all empty. I had gone through and cleaned it up. I don't leave a dirty house for somebody to move in on. Okay, so I cleaned everything, got it ready, you know, for the new owner uh, to come in. And I stood there in front of the fireplace, and just Eddie and I were there together. But I just wept and wept and wept. And I knew God was pulling something out of me that didn't need to be there. It was a possession that home that had me instead of me having a home. Now I have a home. The home doesn't have me because I learned that. I understood that. So I know about sacrifice and many people in ministry do sacrifice and many people in life, many people in this room, you have sacrificed, but that is not the place where you stay all the time. You do what God calls you to do. Whatever that requires, you make that commitment to that. And then you believe the Word of God. And you know what we believed? Those who give up houses and lands for my sake and the gospel shall receive what? A hundredfold. So we believe that, even though it required a sacrifice in the beginning. Amen? So, what I'm telling you tonight is not the Bless Me Club without any commitment on your end. God will call you to have commitment.
to him and to his cause, whatever he calls you to do. Now, he's not calling everybody to do that. You know, somebody hears a message like this and, you know, oh, well, I'm going to do the same thing. Mistake. you got to hear from God. We've, we've had ministers, new ministers that start out, and they hear our story about what we did. We both didn't work a secular job. And that was real hard for me because I'm a worker and I'm going to earn my way. You understand? And so Eddie's called in the ministry, I'll, I'll go work. And it was like, no, that's not what God said. He said, you and your husband commit yourself to this church, to build this church, to do what it takes to have it. And so they hear that story and God always made a way. Sometimes it was tight, sometimes it was short, but he always made a way. And people hear it, ministers, and they go try to do the same thing. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Because you can't do what God told someone else to do. You've got to do what he tells you to do. You obey that, and then you will have the results that he wants you to have. Amen? But we know, ultimately... Even though there may be sacrifices, even though there may be difficulties in life and financially that you have to face and in other ways too, God wants to bless and increase you. Look, this is like the core, okay? You've got a core to you. And there's got to be in the core the beliefs that make you who you are based on the Word of God. The core is, and don't try to talk me out of it, by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. Well, I'm, I've got this element, and I've got this sickness. I understand that, but we're fighting it. We're fighting the good fight of faith. We're standing on the Word of God. You understand? Financially, it may be the same way. God will increase you more and more. He will bless you. But you don't see it in your pocketbook at the present time. Possibly. So what do you do? At the core, you say, My God meets all my need according to His riches. You, you fight back. What do you use to fight back? A sword? Is this a literal sword? No, it's the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and you chop up all the devil's uh, things that he tries to throw at you, the lies, the deception, because he's wanting you to buy into that. But if you've got this core, you're going to resist it. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I've called upon the Lord. I asked him to come into my life. Have you? Okay, if you did and you meant it, then he came in. But I want to tell you for a number of years, in my teenage years, I really had a lot to fight. The lies, you're not saved. If you died, you go to hell. I mean, it just went on and on. Has anybody ever had that happened to you? Even though I'd done what the Word of God said. So I had to take the Bible out one time 
once for all and read that scripture in Romans 10 to myself and any demonic forces that were around. And I said, there, it's done. I have done it and I will not be lied to or deceived anymore and harassed and tormented over my salvation because it's a core value. You understand what I'm saying? Some of you today, when it comes to increasing God's blessing and the abundant life, you need to allow it to be in the core. You've got other things in there, but you haven't allowed that. Or maybe you, you have not just said no to it, but you have not accepted it. You have not actively received it. You understand what I'm saying? And so you need to do that because in doing that, it's kind of like you put down a stake. You know, when I told you we were building houses and you get the lot and you're going to build the house and you put stakes up. Terry, you know about this. You put the stakes up everywhere and all the stakes indicate this is your place. Nobody else can build here. Nobody else, it's nobody else's property. It belongs to you. It's been staked off. You need to stake off what God has given you. You need to stake off what he says for, about you and what he's provided for you. Even though it may not look it today. My goodness, how many times in my life has it not looked like what the scripture says about me and about what I'm doing? I couldn't tell you how many times, but that's not what I'm leaning on. It's not what I'm leaning on. I'm built on the firm foundation of God's Word and the sayings of God's Word. That's where my life is built on. That doesn't mean that I don't fail sometimes. That doesn't mean that I don't come up short sometimes. I may do it, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to get back to the core. And you can too. Amen? All right. So God wants us to have an abundant life. And uh, we're going to look real quickly here at John uh, 10, 10. The thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Now, isn't that telling, revealing? This tells you what the thief, Satan, the devil, demon, powers, this tells you what they do. If you ever wonder if something's going on in your life and who it is and who's doing it, is it stealing? Is it killing? Is it destroying? Then you'll know it's the thief in your life. And you need to understand that. Some people, when those things come, they just bend to it and say, well, that's just the way it is. This is what God wants for me. No, no, that is not what God wants for you. He doesn't steal. He doesn't kill. He doesn't destroy. Does he require you to sacrifice? Does he require you to give something? Many times he does out of your life or out of your abundance or what, you know, whatever it may be. But the steal, kill, and destroying is of the devil and comes directly from him. So, End of story. 
And then he goes on to say, he didn't just leave us there. This is what the devil does. He wreaks havoc in your life and there's nothing you can do about it. No, that's not what he said. He said, I am come. This is Jesus Christ. He said, I came to the earth. Listen, I came that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Well, maybe you're having abundant life. Well, You've got more abundant life coming your way then. Now listen to in the Amplified. I love the Amplified, just that last part. I came that they may have and enjoy life. Now I'm going to tell you, I told you, you know my life, and I've had lots of difficulties. And to the point, I thought it was going to kill me. But I have chosen to believe God and anchor into this abundant overflow of enjoying life. Do I have reasons not to enjoy life? I'm just like you. You have reasons not to enjoy life. But God said, I came that you could have life, teeming life. And I came that you could have it till it overflows, you, that you could enjoy it, and then that it could overflow in your life. So we fight to get to that place, bless God. We fight through those difficulties. We fight through what the enemy throws at us to steal, kill, and destroy. We fight through that, and we enter the overflow of God's blessings. That's where you and I can live tonight. Now, I've said this many times, but I, I've come to understand that if God is really dealing with me and He is emphasizing something to me, it's for a purpose. Number one, I'll look at my own life and how does it affect me personally as a Christian. And then I have to look beyond that and what, how does that affect the people I minister to? And, the, and, and so I've learned when God just really keeps um, impressing me and putting the, the thoughts and, and truths into my heart, He's wanting me to say it. So I've learned I just don't say it one time and leave it because I can tell you people don't get it anyway. You know, you've got to say it and say it and say it. So I, I don't, you know, if you heard it, it's okay. You'll hear it again and probably some more after that. But one thing that I am sure of, that spirits of poverty live in families. Once they get in a house, household, generation, once they get into, the, into that family, they like it. Now, I've seen families and I've observed this, and I've seen families. They get a hold of this truth. And that poverty spirit, debt, you know, some families, it'll be dead. I mean, it's just like, I've seen it. It'll be just like heavy on a family. And then the children grow up, and they live under that same thing, unless you do something about it. So it, it gets in a generation. 
You got to sweep it out. You got to keep it out. You can't do that for, say, if you grew up in a home like that. You can't do that necessarily for your siblings. You can tell them, but they have to do it. You can't do it for your mother and father. They can see it, and they can. It can happen. But I've seen that, and I've seen how that poverty spirit gets into a family line and loves to live there. And once they dig in, they're comfortable there. And they like it. That's why you see like a suicide spirit. It gets in families. I've seen it, I've seen it over and over again. And Dr. Summerall really taught us that and shared some stories about it. How once, you know, someone in a family commits suicide, it'll try to stay in that family and pass on. But you know what? You know what you do? You get the sword out, you deal with it, and you let the core lead you, and you don't accept or receive that. You don't entertain the thoughts. Well, you might as well just end it. Your life is in such a mess. Stop and think of God's blessing in your life. It may be difficult now. Things may be going on. But stop and smell the roses. Count your blessings. Now that is something to shout about. Because we can zero in on everything that's a problem in our life until it piles up on us and overwhelms us. But we need to isolate. Isolate those things. Pull them out. Isolate it. Get it over here for you can see it for what it is and then see the blessings and what God is doing. I tell you, the deceiver, the, the one who steals, kills, and who destroys will try to get your eyes on one little thing. God can be doing some uh, remarkable workings in your life, but he'll get you over here on this and all of these blessings, all the overflow is over here and you don't even see it. You know it's true, don't you? You know it is. That's just the way it goes. But God said, I've come, Jesus said, I've come that they might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. I want to live in the overflow, don't you? I want to live in the overflow. Let's say that. I want to live in the overflow. The overflow of abundance and blessings and increase. That's where we want. Well, this is just too good to be true. This is just fantasy. No, this is just the Bible made clear, understood, received, and allowing faith to move behind it to cause things to happen, to cause things to line up. He's getting some things lined up in our lives. Each week we come to church, he's getting some things lined up in our lives if we will allow it. But see, when the Word of God comes to you and your heart does not allow it in, there will not be change. There will not be change. 
But when you open that heart and you hear it and it begins to renew your mind, be updated in your thinking. That's what renewing the mind is. Your mind is updated. I had to have updating in my mind, folks. The way I was, you know, taught. Now, I was taught a lot of good things, so I don't want to leave anyone with the impression that I wasn't. I am so thankful for my upbringing, and I'm so thankful that I had Christian parents. Everybody doesn't, and I know that. And I did, and they loved me, and they loved God, and they uh, loved His Word. And they, they taught me principles, and I'm very thankful for that. But then there was a lot of religious tradition that I had to get out of my mind. I had to be updated in my thinking. You can't be thinking in the old religious traditional way. And when you see the promise of God, allow the religious tradition to stay there. You know, the Bible talks about traditions and there are some traditions that are good. What would those be? I mean, you know, from the scripture, you, you know, traditions of communion and um, uh, you know, baptism, lots of, you know, traditions and doctrine and that kind of thing. Well, we don't throw all of that out. You know, some people, they come into the charismatic move, they want to throw everything out. Well, you know, you might do that at first in your excitement, but you got to get back to the center, you know, and then you realize there are a lot of good traditions and doctrines that are in the Word. But a lot of religious traditions have nothing to do with the Bible. It has something to do with what a man or a woman thought about something. Grandma so-and-so told you that, and you never read it in the Bible. And then when you started reading it in the Bible, you can't see what Grandma told you. Now, she was a great lady, that Grandma was. She was a wonderful lady. And love God. But there were just things that she didn't understand and that she didn't know. It's like us. We don't know everything, but we know some things. And praise God, we're learning more. <laughs> Can you say amen? All right. Um, in Psalms 35, uh, 27. I want us to turn there. Psalms 35, 27. Now, I love this verse. This is one of my verses that I quote. Let them shout for joy. Oh my gosh, shouting in church. Yeah, you better believe it. That's what he tells us to do. It's not too, not too religious. It's not what we used to do, but okay. Let them shout for joy and be glad. Not sad, not depressed, not forlorn, but let them be glad that favor my righteous cause. I stand up for Jesus. How about you? And then he says, let them say continually. In other words, put something in your mouth. Let the Lord be magnified. If you just said that, that would be wonderful, wouldn't it? But he didn't stop there. He said, let the Lord be magnified, which has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Are you a servant of God? I am a servant of God. I'm a child of God, but I'm a servant of God. Well, I wouldn't call myself a servant. Well, I call myself a servant. I am a servant of the Lord. I serve Him. I serve His people. And I'm not too good for that, and neither are you. Some people think they're too good for that. Well, you got to get it renewed. But it says, 
uh, actually, he has pleasure in our lives when we are prospering. Now, this word prosperity is very interesting because it has to do with whole life prosperity. Whole life prosperity. Would it include increase in your finances, abundance in your finances? It sure would, but it's much more than that. Spirit, soul, and body kind of flow of blessings that come from the Lord. It actually also means shalom, peace, abundance of prosperity. I can tell you what, you don't have it, peace, you're not prosperous. See, a lot of people think, well, if I could just get a big bankroll and have a lot of money in my wallet, then, you know, I'm prosperous. Well, now, it's good to have increase and blessing and have a bank account and have some money in your wallet. But if you don't have peace and all the other things that are found in the scripture, you're really not walking in this whole life prosperity. But, but one thing I want you to understand, it says he has pleasure in that. It makes him happy. It, it's just like us. I've, I've always, you know, looked at God in my life as my heavenly father and like as a, a mother with my children and how much I've always liked to bless and do things and how it pleases me when I see them get something. Would you be jealous over your children? You know, uh, uh, getting just an amazing blessing or seeing good things happen in their life? No, but and see, we need to be like God with our children. There's pleasure that we take when we see our children walking in God's blessing, this prosperity. And so it's, with, it's the same with him. He's not happy when we don't have what we need. He's not happy when we don't have our needs met. He's not happy when we're barely getting by and our family has to struggle and struggle, even though we know that those things go on and, and the Lord knows in our life there's been plenty of those times where that was there. But that's not where my faith is anchored into that. How about you? That's not where I'm anchored into. Well, but you say, I'm so far away from this, I don't ever see how I can get there. Well, you know, I'm glad you said that because it's not up to you to make it happen. What you must do with your eye of faith, you must see that God will bring you out and he'll bring you up and he will bless you and he will increase you as Psalms 115 says, more and more. Are you blessed today? And have you ever felt, I just feel so blessed, I don't know how I could contain anything else. But then you just go a little while later, and here's more blessings that come. And that's the way God is. So if you're in that waiting period right now, make sure your core is right. Make sure your faith is where it needs to be and see some things happen. But if you don't do what you see in the Bible, don't expect it to happen. It, you know, it, it just won't. It's not going to happen. You got to see it. You got to believe it. You got to act upon it. 
And not just one time, but you stand on it. When things uh, look contrary, well, I get, you know, I was standing, I was believing, but no, don't go there. You're standing, you're believing, and it has no choice but to change. And that's where you need to be. Amen? All right. Um, now, real quickly here, I just sat down and began to think about some questions that I've had and questions that I've heard that people have asked and questions that may be here even today or tonight that you may have. Where does the ability to increase come from? Where does that come from? Well, it, you know, some people, you know, they're, they're brought up in a home that, you know, there's a lot of, it's poor. They just don't have, you know, in that family, they don't have what they need. And so it's passed on to another kid. So that family is just really not going to be able to enjoy increase. Well, see, right there is a lie of the devil. And I've always done this. Maybe it wasn't a certain way in my family, even though I had a great family. But maybe it wasn't that way. But you know what? I draw a line right here. Now, that's my mother. That's my dad. And they love God, and I love them, and they love me. It's nothing against them, but I draw a line right here. And I say, this is what I believe. And this is why I believe it. And Lord, come hell or high water, I'm standing on your word. I'm standing on your word. And see, that's what you have to do. So where does the ability to increase come from? Deuteronomy 8, 18. I love this scripture. But you shall remember the Lord your God. Do you know God wants us to remember Him? He wants us to be mindful of Him. If you're making a decision, it may be a business decision. It may be a decision for your family. It may be a decision for your life in the financial realm or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. You need to remember God. You need to record. If you look up the word remember, it's, it's talking about record. Turn on the recorder. See what God says about it. Remember the Lord. Now listen to this. For it is He that gives you the power, the ability, the might to get wealth. God wants you to get wealth. Okay, so where does this ability to increase come from? From God. He gives you. Well, I know, he, I know He's done it for some people, but I've just never experienced it. Quit wimping out and get strong in the Lord and believe what He said. Now, that's hard, isn't it? Not trying to hurt is you got to get some, a reality check. Unless you want to live where you are. I'm, I'm continuing to grow. Where I am today is not where I will be later. 
I'm going from glory to glory. If you want to plateau, that's, you know, that's you. Not me. Not going to do it. But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He that gives you the power. See, there is a power. What is power? Power is something that you do not see. It's an intangible that way. But it's a tangible in that you can see the results of power in your life. It is He that gives you the power to get well. I want you to look at your hands. And I want you to say this with me. Lord, I thank you that you give me power to get well. You believe that? Well, yeah. Well, you just sit there. The rest of us are going to do something with it. <laughs> All right. So the, the ability to increase, if God were against us increasing, why would he give us that scripture? He'd be working against himself. And then it's in, it's in the New Testament too. We're, I mean, this is one message too, really. But, you know, I shared last time and this time. But we don't have enough time. This is like you'd have to have a series to go through everything and cover it thoroughly. So there's lots of things that I'm not going to say. But he wants you to prosper, Third John, and be in health even as your soul prospers. Jesus became poor that you might be made rich. Oh, well, but you're, you've taken that out of context. That's just spiritually. Well, you need to read it. Not, you, you read it yourself and you see because that's not true. Okay, what is the reason to increase? Okay, so we ask the question, where does the ability to increase come from? We see it comes from God. He gives us a power. He places power in our hands and in our life to get well. That's why I tell people, you know, you may be retired and praise God. You know, if you're that time in your life, I hope you enjoy your retirement. And you know, you've got a set income with retirement many times, but you don't have to limit God to that in your life. You may not want anymore and that's fine. That's okay. But don't think that that's all God can do for you because it isn't. And he may have some things in mind for you that you might need to tap into and consider that he wants you to do. Amen? So what is the reason for you to increase? Oh, well, so I can be blessed and I can get me a new car and a new home and, you know, clothes and Anything I want, just be extravagant. Well, does God want you to have that? Yeah, because he said he wants you to enjoy life. You've got to have needs met. And I don't think there's anything with living in a nice home, driving a nice car. But that's not the all in all. And this is where increase, abundance, and prosperity gets a bad name. That's not the all in all. That isn't all there is to that. Yes, you will enjoy it. But you remember, it will overflow. The blessing will, in John 10, 10, it will overflow. Who does the overflow hit? 
It hits the people that you come in contact. It, it, it hits your family. It, 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 it hits whoever that you are around and, and come in contact with. You, you overflow in blessings. You overflow in it. Okay, so what is the reason to increase? Deuteronomy 8.18, part B, that he may establish his covenant. That is the reason, that is the purpose for you to get well, that his covenant may be established. And what does that mean? It means God makes a covenant with us. It's agreement, it's a binding agreement that we come into relationship with the Lord and He with us, and we enter into a covenant. When you got married, you entered into a covenant. Now that covenant, see, I believe because the marriage covenant is taken so lightly, that's why people have a covenant with God, it means nothing in many cases. You make a covenant and that means you stay with them. You, you made a covenant with your marriage partner because you loved them. You wanted to be with them. You wanted to spend your life with them. And then something happens, a little difficulty comes in. And look, everybody in a mar marriage can be tough. I'm, everybody out here has a great marriage. I'm seeing it. <laughs> Say it ain't so, okay? Say it ain't so. Thank you, Mary. But uh, we have a covenant with God, and His covenant is to be established in the earth. That means, okay, we have a covenant with God. God wants us to reach out, and He wants us to reach the harvest. He wants people to come to know Him. He wants His covenant to be established with others in the earth. Does He just want a few? No, He wants a multitude of people. And that, so this is what we do individually as Christians, and this is what we do in, as, in a Christian community, Redemption Church. God gives us the power to get the well, and we do what He has instructed us to do with that. We bring it into the house of God, and through this house, we've made a covenant with Him, and we've made a covenant really with one another, if you, if you really get down to it, to live in this community. And because we've done that, other people can enjoy the blessing of the covenant. They can come to know Jesus Christ as Lord. You can have a lot of money and not know Jesus, and you are poverty stricken. So you got to get it right. You got to get your thinking right. Right? Okay. Are you out there? Okay. Number three, how can you receive covenant wealth? How can you receive the covenant wealth? We know where it comes from. We know the reason for it. But how can we receive it? Okay. Isaiah 48, 17. Are you listening? It says, I am the Lord thy God, which teaches you to profit, which leads you by the way that you should go. Okay. So there's a teaching that God does Right here. 
You have a Bible? Okay, in that Bible is teachings. These teachings will lead you into profiting with God. Now, it's not just only increase and abundance and financial, but it does include that. In other words, what does that mean? Okay, it's just like, now this may really turn a bunch of people off here, okay? But when you, you go to school, you read, you ingest the information, you take it in, you study some more, you take a test, and you begin to learn. You begin to be enlightened. You begin to understand things that you didn't understand. You may think you understand, and then he'll come, here will come step number four that you never even thought about. And then there it is. But he will teach you, the, teach you to profit, and he will lead you by the way that you should go. You don't want to be misled? Then let the Lord teach you. Now, I've got an interesting thing here. You read in Timothy, and it talks about in the last days that demons are going to... There's doctrines of demons. Have you ever heard that? You know what that is, don't you? It's teachings. It's teachings. Well, read it. In the last days, there are going to be doctrines that the devil perpetrates into the earth and into God's people to get them to believe things, to get them off. So if you let God teach you, he'll teach you to profit and he'll teach you the way that you should go. And then you don't listen to that end time demon doctrine. Amen? Okay. Now, listen to this. So God teaches you. You know what He's going to teach you first off? When, if you want to increase and you want to um, have an abundance in your life, you want to grow more in this area, He will teach you to tithe. Oh my gosh. He surely wouldn't ask me that. He wouldn't. Yes, He would. And he, I tell you what you'll learn through that. You will learn to trust God. I couldn't do it. I can't make ends meet. You have to trust Him. You remember my pool story when I was a kid and used to go to camp and those counselors would try to, you know, I wouldn't launch out in the water. I wouldn't let them take me out because I was afraid and I stayed stuck against the pool wall. That's the way many Christians are. They're stuck against the wall. And God said, launch out into the deep with me. Give me that 10%. And you see, I want an inroad. I want this covenant to be established with you. And I want to do something. But it's going to require that you do something. And so, He will teach you to tithe. And then, He will teach you to give offerings. You remember, I told you, about reading Oral Roberts' book on seed faith giving. Well, one of the things we did when we sold our home, now, uh, we tithed on that money because we were strict tithers. We just always have been. 
And so we tithed on it, but then we gave an offering to the church that we were at at that particular time. And in our church, we were highly involved in missions. And they had a missions outreach. And so Eddie and I took an offering from the sale, the proceeds of that home, and, you know, the, the money that we got back from the sale. And at that particular time, we... It, I, you know, it was amazing how homes were selling and how much you could make, you know, in that. So we lived in the house for six months and, you know, sold it. The first person who came in, they loved it and said, we want this house. And so they bought it and we turned around again and tithed and gave an offering on that. And we put it into missions. And Eddie shared many times that we believe that one of the reasons that he has traveled the world, I've traveled a lot myself actually, but not as much as he has. But we've traveled the world like we have because God made a way because we sowed that seed and he was teaching us to profit. And he knew down the road, he knew the way that we should go and he knew down the road that we were going to be involved in worldwide missions. That we weren't just going to be a little local community church. This church is not a community church. We're a community, but it's not made up of just the people who live around here. We've got people that come from all over the place into here. And so our goal is to help people here, help them grow, help their families grow. But that's not the end of it. We're reaching the world. And God will teach us to profit if we will listen to Him. Amen? Okay, and then the next thing, he will teach you not to be greedy or lustful for money. Whatever you have to do to cheat someone, you're climbing up the ladder and you step on their hands to get them out of the way and they fall off the ladder and you keep going. No, that's not God's way. That's not. He will teach you how to profit and not be greedy and lustful for money. And then he will teach you this. He will teach you to seek the kingdom of God first in your life. If you do that, you're not going to be greedy. It's not going to be about all of what you can get. It's wonderful to receive blessings and increase in that way and abundance financially. It's wonderful. But that's not my goal. It's not our goal, is it? Our goal is to see God's covenant established, receive the power to get that covenant established, and be a part, a bigger part, of something rather than just ourselves. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.